Imagine, you're traveling in a bus or the metro and you find a fellow passenger passing looks, gestures or comments at you. Do you feel uncomfortable at times? If yes, have you ever wondered why is that so? It is because that person, a complete stranger, is invading your private space without your consent. And that is what we call harassment. Fellow adults, today, in the final episode of the season of the Adulting.com podcast, we bring to you a very important conversation on a crucial social issue, sexual harassment. To talk about this, I have invited a fellow LSR student, Ipsita, who has read up quite a lot about the issue and dealt with it on ground to some extent. Ipsita, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. It is my pleasure to be here, Apurva. You all are doing a very important work and I'm glad I could be a part of it. Absolutely, Ipsita. Thanks. Audience, we are going to find out today, with Ipsita's help, what is one supposed to do if one finds oneself in such a situation? When do you know that things have crossed a line? While we acknowledge the fact that today's topic might be sensitive, we also believe that it is high time people start being vocal about it. Harassment could be of any form. It could be physical, psychological, even religious abuse. But the one form that we are going to encapsulate today is sexual harassment. And before we start, there are a few FAQs that we need to address. So, Ipsita, tell us, is only touch considered harassment? No, it need not be physical always, even though controversial verdict came up recently which said that when there is no skin-to-skin contact, it cannot be considered sexual harassment. This, however, is absolutely not true, which is why it is called controversial. Right, that makes sense. Okay, moving on. When do we consider an act as harassment? Any behavior which is unwelcome, whether it is a physical contact or gestures or even sexually colored remarks on your post for that matter can be considered harassment. So basically, when someone is trying to invade your personal space without your consent, it is considered harassment. And are only girls vulnerable to this? No, anyone can be vulnerable to harassment equally, but usually girls are victimized more as per the data available. Also, many of such cases go unreported at times. Yeah, well, we do live in a patriarchal society after all. Well, uh, what if one goes through it? What are the laws that can prevent such things or protect the victim? Yeah, Purva, that's a good question. So, there is an act called POSH or Prevention of Sexual Harassment Act, which was passed in 2013. It defines sexual harassment, laid down the procedures for a complaint or inquiry and also the action that can be taken in such cases. So basically it mandated that every office must constitute an internal complaints committee also known as ICC with 10 or more employees 
And according to this act, a victim can be a woman of any age, whether employed or not, who allegedly have been subjected to any kind of sexual harassment. This meant that the rights of this woman working or visiting any workplace in any capacity were protected under this act. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what should one do if they feel they are being sexually harassed? Uh, well, in such case, the victim may or may not file a complaint. But if she has to do so and she cannot, then the members of ICC shall render all the reasonable assistance to her to complain in writing. If the woman cannot complain because of, for example, physical or mental incapacity or death or any other such case, then her legal heir may even do so. But the complaint must be made within three months from this incident. And there can also be a settlement between her and her respondent through conciliation, provided that no monetary settlement is made the basis of such conciliation. And then the ICC may either forward the victim's complaint to the police or it can start an inquiry on its own. When the inquiry is completed, the ICC must provide a report of its finding to both these parties within 10 days. However, the identity of this woman or the respondent or any witness and the action that was taken cannot be made public and will not also be made public. Thank you for this really important information, Nipsita. What happens after the ICC report? Well, if the allegations are proved right, the employer may take action in accordance with the provisions of the service rules of the company. These may vary from company to company. The company may even deduct the salary of the person found guilty. Compensation is usually determined based on five aspects, mainly suffering and emotional distress caused to the woman, loss in her career opportunity, her medical expenses, or the income and financial status of the respondent, and the feasibility of such payment. After the recommendations, the aggrieved woman or the respondent can appeal in court within 90 days. Section 14 of the Act, however, deals with the punishment for false complaint or evidence. In such a case, actions can be taken against the woman or the person who has made this complaint. The Act, however, makes it clear that the action cannot be taken for mere inability or, or to substantiate the complaint or provide adequate proof. It's really sad that a lot of these things are chucked out on the basis of proof and the victim isn't given the justice that they need. Let's hope someday there are reforms that help so many of these victims out. Well, regardless, thank you so much for joining us for this very informative session, Ipsita. I'm really glad you were here with us today. I'm glad to have helped out, Apurva. Thank you so much for calling me. And that brings us to the end of our first season, peeps. Hope you all had a lot to learn. Take care until I see you the next time and keep yourselves up to date on all our social media platforms. Toodles!